Anchor. You can just submit things on there now. So they can go to Anchor and submit stuff to us? They can submit stuff to us, and we can respond to it. Uh, and it's free. It costs nothing, which is pretty sick. Uh, because before, we were just dumping money into a site that would, you know, hold it ransom. I literally had to pay a different site. I had to pay to get in to download our stuff to put it on Anchor. Really? Yeah, I had to pay uh, like $15 because I let it expire to just get our stuff off and put it up on Anchor. And Anchor will never do that. So, all right. Yeah, we just get it all the time. Do you, do you have the app on there? Can we respond through the app? Yeah, you can download the app. You can respond to the things through there. You can edit your podcast through there. You can like you can record it so you can take it to your friend's house and just record it through your phone and post huh. it instantly. And and anyone that eventually chooses to contact us can contact us through there too. So that's Yeah, you can contact us through there. I like that you can uh it, you just put it on there and it puts it on like Spotify and iTunes and Google for you. I don't know. It's made it a lot easier. That's for sure. Yeah. We were, how many hours a week were you putting into like making sure everything got published before? Do you, do you remember? Um, I mean, not a lot of time, but enough time that it's, you know, it's nice having anchor because it's just easier. Okay. See, and this is a switch that I was told about last time, but I, I didn't know that uh, we could communicate with an actual fan base through it. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, and there's advertisements. Yeah. Don't forget about that. You don't even have to have any listeners. So. Yeah. Um, Three, two, one, live. What's up, you biatches? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are again. Yes. Re-recording. And that's my, that's 100% my fault because there's this little setting, this little drop down. And I caught it at the beginning of the second podcast. I was like, oh, shit. Shouldn't this be turned over? And then I went back and listened to the first one. Sure, shit. It was off. Yeah. So uh, basically did this for a couple of hours and my microphone was turned off. So uh, Whatever. Keep it as a fail safe. Uh, yeah. And... Well, we can always go back to those topics too if we we really want to. Yeah, that's true. Um, they're still saved, so. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so with this, um, this article, so the money behind climate denial. Yes. Now explain to me this article a little bit and what it was talking about. Um, so it was written by the Smithsonian. Um, it's in their magazine. And it's just stating that there's a there's a really large movement of money, mainly from the conservative sector, but uh, big business wise. Yeah, that's um, pushing this anti climate change agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, so pe- like to make people not believe in it or not yeah trust the science as much as they should. Right. Um. The concerning part about that is it's been going on for a while, and <clears throat> I think we all need to be aware that, you know, especially here in America, money drives everything. Yeah. Um, and that is going to create a problem for us because uh, c- current data shows that if we don't drastically change right now, yeah. Um, Within the next thirty years, 
the human population could be in risk of extinction. Okay. So, uh, you got people out here that are worried about just making a dollar, and they're using some of their money to fund against the movement that would cause them to lose money, but they're not looking down the road at when their grandkids are going to be alive and right then not alive anymore. I think my personal thing with this, because I think a lot of government, a lot of government officials are coming out saying like, we need to take drastic action. Like government needs to do it. Government needs to do it. Government's the only way it can happen. That's where I disagree with it. I'm not denying that it's not going on. Cause obviously, I mean, especially like air quality is oh, shit yeah. too. Yeah. Um, it was almost never here that you'd have uh, mandatory action days. And now, like yeah. today, 85 degrees outside in the middle, like summertime temperatures, you would never see it. And right. now you're seeing it today. There, It's a red day, uh, mandatory action. Really? Yeah, today. That's insane. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, my biggest thing is they push like uh, Beto O'Rourke is one of them calling for $5 trillion or will be extinct in 10 years. The planet will be over in 12 years is actually what he says. He's not too far off. Uh, and then Joe Biden says we need $1.7 trillion in order to put it into research. Now, not that I disagree with this. This is, this is where I'm going with this. This right here is a graph of the CO2 emissions since the 1800s. Okay. And as you can see in the 1950s, we were sky fucking high. Yeah. And now we're on a downward trend and we're yeah, actually but China's uh, climbing. Right. But what can our government do about that? That's where it comes down to uh, if there is a significant climate issue, it needs to be handled on a global level. Um Yeah. And it's not going to be too far before India's on an upward trend and they're going to surpass it all, I think. Yeah, um, India's already on the upswing, and and the 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 scary thing about this, you guys, is uh, it's um, it's logarithmic, so it's exponential in growth. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, the curvature. Yeah, it, it looks it, small now, but it's it gonna. Gets, it gets steeper and steeper. You can see what happened with us in the industrial revolution. Yeah, and Russia. I guess it's because they didn't report any numbers before Probably. 1950. Probably. It just pops up. Yeah, just all of a sudden it's like, oh, yep, we're, Russia's here creating yep. pollution. Um, but if you go back to 1970, China, you see this gradual increase happening. And now it's like almost a vertical line in the last 15 years. Yep. And uh, India probably in 1990 started their gradual climb and it's getting steeper as well. So, so my biggest thing is that Joe Biden calls for $1.7 trillion. And the way we're going to pay for this is we're going to bring back the corporate tax that was cut. And we're going to give that money to a research company, which just so happens to be in his corporate group uh, for research and development. Now, Bringing back this 40% increase in business tax would not, it would not affect Amazon, Apple, Google, any of these other people. It's going to affect low level. So if I go out and I sell a hundred ropes or whatever the fuck, I have to give 40% of that to the government. So Current, 40 ropes to the government. 40 ropes to the government. <clears throat> Whereas right now I have to give 20 ropes to the government. And uh, bring, I, th I feel like bringing back that corporate tax 
would crash the economy. I really think it would crash the economy because if you're if you have to give up forty percent of all of your earnings, imagine what that extra twenty percent could go towards. And I think the fact that these corporate taxes cuts happened has incentivized more companies to research and develop here because it's cheaper. And I just feel like by the government taking that money and putting it into companies they think is best is is crooked. Was it a corporate tax or a carbon tax? It's a he wants to bring so to to pay for the one point seven trillion dollars in research and development to fight climate change. They want to bring they want to undo Trump's tax cut, bringing it from forty percent to twenty percent. The corporate tax, which again would not affect big companies because they have such huge books that they can write off all of it. Who it's going to affect is anyone making under a hundred grand as a as an entrepreneur. Um, that's where I have the fucking problem with it. I don't. Th- there needs to be research and development, but I think there are companies out there. That it's the free market responding. Like if there's companies that are like shitting all over the sky and making the climate, that creates a free market opportunity for a company to start to counteract that. Not the government to step in and take all our money and say we're going to give it to my com- my friend's company because she's doing re- research and so, development. My my whole issue is is like I the money needs to come from somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and you know the, the, that's a hard issue to get through to people. Uh, yeah. My problem isn't the money. I couldn't care less where the money comes from. You yeah. know. Uh, it's the fact that something needs to be done. Right. And regardless if that's the government stepping in, I think it needs to be on all levels. Everyone needs yep. to step in, like from driving less to getting more fuel-efficient vehicles to uh, cleaner energy to, you know, just yep. all of it, you know, so- everything. Even with this this uh, this forty percent business tax, right? Not not only that, he's calling for a zero emissions America by twenty thirty. Now, let me tell you where this is going to run into a problem, and that sounds great on paper. That means that every single one of you out there will have to have a electric vehicle by twenty thirty, and that is going to force people to buy from these companies, and then the government can extract more taxes from these companies because the corporate tax is higher. Uh, they, they, this 10, this push for 10 years is what's really like, I guess, confusing me is because I don't know, I'm not a scientist. Um, but just the way some of these now Yang has a good plan. I think it's great. Do a value added tax. That means just tax the fucking huge companies that have automated everything 20%. If Amazon paid 20%, if Google paid 20%, Apple, Microsoft, all of them paid 20%, it's damn near $2 trillion. Okay. So I'm going to just read um, again, and this isn't saying we need to implement, uh, like reverse the the tax code or whatever. Yeah. The tax code did fuck me and my wife over this last year now the tax return or but did your individual paychecks were they slightly bigger throughout the year uh no really no um anyway uh so this is a uh study that was done through uh drexel university uh professor robert Bruel, Mm -hmm. um 
And he's just saying that there's a lot of funding behind confusing people on climate change. Right. Okay. On both sides. Like, every, I think everyone's confused a little bit. Yeah. Like, to some extent. Yeah. And so, like, that's, that's where um, I get all bent out of shape because it is a thing that I truly believe needs to be fixed. Right. I mean, I just in the 30 years, 31 years or whatever that I've been alive, the temperature in my hometown has gone up like dramatically. Yeah. You know, and, um, so here, here's, um, one thing on the local level, which is kind of crazy. Uh, governor Herbert unveiled a new massive Utah renewable energy project. And it's actually, uh, it's actually, let me let me read over it here. Utah Governor Gary Herbert announced the formation Tuesday of a partnership that is expected to result in the world's largest clean energy storage project to de- be developed in underground salt domes in Millard County. This rural Utah investment, known as the Advanced Clean Energy Storage, demonstrates the power of the forward-looking energy policy. Uh, he has advanced, said Herbert during the annual energy summit in Salt Lake's blah, 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 uh, and briefly disrupted the proceedings on demands to end to on, on a demand to end fossil fuel. So Herbert is calling for the demands uh, to end fossil fuels, right? Yeah. And so like the, the zero emission America thing that you were talking about. Yeah. It does sound great on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, implementation would be incredibly difficult especially with um personal vehicles yeah but i think it's important to know that you driving your car less does help Mm -hmm. but your car all of these cars that are out there on the road are one very very small drop in the bucket it's mostly manufacturing Mm -hmm. and agriculture okay that are creating the most greenhouse gases and that's what needs to be controlled. If you can get those two industries to drastically reduce or come down to zero emissions, yeah, you'll make a big impact. So that now, way. here's the here's the thing with this Millard County effort, um, according to the Salt Lake Tribune, is that this this storage that they're making will be enough to fuel fifteen hundred or fifteen a hundred and fifty thousand houses a year. Um. Uh, four types of renewable energy would be taken into account. Hydrogen, compressed air, large-scale flow batteries, and solid oxide. And they're partnering with a fairly large private sector company um, to conduct the research. Uh, and it's it's basically converting our grid, our entire infrastructure of the city into renewable energy. Now, this is where this is where I get confused. This is what confuses me because it sounds great, right? Yeah. Then Trump endorses it and then climate activists are all over like this is bullshit. This is a piece of shit. We don't want this plan. That's where it's confusing to guys like me because I'm pretty moderate in a lot of fucking ways. I'm very socially liberal and I'm very uh I'm very I don't even want to say conservative. I'm fiscally aware like I, I i money spending in government to me is a huge huge thing okay but i'm very socially liberal like i i think you should do whatever you want but for a guy like me that sees things like this and like 
I don't agree with every, I don't agree. I don't, I don't like the governor, but at the same time, I kind of agree with this. Like, so it's going to be in salt mines. Yeah. In so Millard County. Yeah. So they're developing a technology to base, basically compress all of these different, uh, renewable energies to be able to simultaneously, like a synergy power to simultaneously power a grid. Um, okay. And basically the idea was to scale it over time to make Salt Lake and the whole valley 100% run off renewable energy. No fossil fuel at all. Uh, and that, that goes for... What's the timeline on that? Buildings. Um, that is a great question, actually. It does not... Um, let me commend the people of Utah because your commitment to the vital aim has been incredibly important from the governor's office to the state research institution to the private sector. I'm delighted that Utah remains all in one for all of the above energy strategy. Uh, it doesn't give a timeline. Hmm. Let's take a look. Yeah. So I, I, I found the, the actual um, research paper that was written and it's the name of it. It's published institutionalizing delay. Subtitle, Foundation Funding and the Creation of U.S. Climate Change Counter-Movement Organizations. Okay. And, uh, I mean, there's 14 pages of information here. And it, it was, uh, like, it, it was well-researched and well-looked well at. Um, yeah, I think it, I, I hope this would be the case. I hope Utah leads in this area, and I hope other states will acclimate to that. I really hope so, because especially right now, it, it comes down to like states, because the governors, like the governor of California right now, mm-hmm. I do not like him. Uh, he claims that they have the best economy of all time. He claims that it's the best place to be. And, and that's true for that class, like the class of politicians, whether they're on the left or on the right, they're in gated fucking communities. They're, they're sitting in their gated communities while down on Skid Row, down in just downtown L.A., there's tents off the freeways now. Uh, it's always been like that. But even then, that's so crazy because California has the most money out of any state uh, in the United States. They're actually just behind the United States and whole economy. They bring in so much damn money. So why isn't why is homelessness such a problem? I don't know if you've noticed here especially – I went downtown in the middle of the day. I hardly saw fucking any homeless people. Like every now and then you'd see a couple of them, but it's cleaned up considerably since that last mayor got into office. Jackie Biscupsy? Yes. Yeah. And it just goes to show like you can make a drastic impact like piece by piece. And it it really does. If you want to fix all this, all this problem with pollution and, and all these gases, it comes down to an individual state level where they have to want to be motivated to do it but it's still state government it's still a government it is yes yep influencing it totally i 100 percent agree and um yeah i mean like i guess that's just my issue is uh people need to be willing to <laughs> fork out the money individually like to pay for the research into this stuff you don't think we should make amazon and Apple. So all these companies that, and the value added tax. So instead of a corporate tax, which would affect everyone, value added basically means, Hey, big companies that pay 0% through getting out of loopholes, you will pay a flat 20% no matter what, because you are automating your, your, 
you're eliminating humans from your workplace, so right. we're going to tax the robots essentially. Okay. And you take that that money. We could get the money. We could easily get that money. Um, but the problem is Jeff Bezos, all these big tech companies, Bill Gates are calling for increase the corporate tax, which is like, huh? The reason being is because it wouldn't affect them at all. It would affect lower end entrepreneurs. So I think if we do a value added tax, we could get the money. Yeah. It's just both sides aren't talking about a value added tax except Andrew Yang. And he's, he's getting media coverage, but he's not being blown up because he has ideas. He's like, it's not left or right at this point. He's like, no, the re- it's not. He's like, the reason that we got Trump into office is because we were so goddamn sick of people uh, playing games and that people wanted to actually implement ideas, not get a politician. So he is also an entrepreneur, but he's a Democrat. And uh, he doesn't bash either side. Like, he... he He'll hint that he that he doesn't like certain things a president does, but he's not like bashing them because at this point his campaign's based on, hey, let's focus on stop fighting and let's fucking solve these problems because these are problems. And uh, he he's so funny at the end of his speeches too. He's like, and I am the complete opposite of Donald Trump. I am a small Asian man that likes cli- that likes outside or something like that, <laughs> something like that. So he's like super funny. But uh, um, he's very pro pro capitalism as well. So my my deal is is uh, a, a lot of um, a lot of people just like don't, and I, I don't fully understand how bad the climate situation is. But I know that um, when lovable Bill Nye the Science Guy starts rambling on about it, like yeah. it's it's got to be big enough, you know? Right. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, I'm on board with it. If 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 the government wanted to tax me a little bit more every year for the sake of, you know, keeping our planet habitable in yeah. 30 years, I would I would love for that to happen, you know? Like I would be more than okay with it. And that I think um I'm not talking about a corporate tax. I'm just saying, like everyone, period. An individual tax? No, no, like not not just that. I'm I'm saying everyone, period. Even the owners of these big companies need to look at the big fucking picture. Yeah. You know, droughts are going to get worse. Flooding's going to get worse. There's going to be entire regions of the planet that are just unusable. Right. And you have to focus on that. It's not about you making your uh, another billion dollars this year you yeah. know like you already make 10 billion dollars like mm-hmm. why do you need 11 right you know fucking help keep keep us alive the right. earth's gonna be here like yeah. it's a big rock in the middle of space like we're gonna die and it's gonna continue yeah moving around the sun and rotating and doing whatever the fuck it wants but we will not be here right and um that's just that's not okay man like um the the fact that we're the only intelligent life that we know of and we're fucking killing ourselves dude yeah yep yeah i mean we do it with everything right we do it with food we do it with substance we do it with fucking whatever yeah but like we just don't get it yeah and on any level yeah and that that's my big problem that's where i'm coming from is yeah you know, you, you you guys talk about, like, you know, Gene Roddenberry with Star Trek and stuff, and you're like, oh, man, that would be so cool 
and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, that would be great, but we have to live long enough to be able to fucking accomplish it. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're you're not gonna accomplish it if you fucking burn up the planet in the next forty years. You know? Right. Yeah. And I I really don't care what like how you view climate change. Do more research on it. Mm-hmm. Like. Research the fuck out of it. Figure, go to reputable institutions that, no, talk to a geologist. Talk to a fucking um, meteorologist or uh, what What do they call those guys that study the atmosphere or whatever, but. Um, fuck I, if I, I know. But uh, talk to them. Yeah. They're going to tell you, like, they're going to tell you what's, what's what. Like, they're going to be honest with you. Right. And, um. It's like, well, uh, people talk about these core drillings that got taken out of the ice. And it's like, well, you can see a spike in temperature right here. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but that wasn't a spike that was exponential. It was a one-time thing. It happened over the course of like X amount of of years due to some single-time event. And it wasn't dogpiled on by the, the creatures that were currently living here. Sure, yeah. Um. So, like, we're just dogpiling on, you know, like, there could have been, there's, could be like a massive volcanic eruption that releases billions of tons of CO2 and other greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. Okay, that, that's a problem, yes, but the problem also is, is every human on the planet's going outside and dumping another pound on top of that. Right. And... That's my, like, people need to wake up and see that portion. It's like, okay, yeah, the dinosaurs died because it got too hot or too cold or whatever. Yeah. That was a single-time event. Like, we are irreversibly fucking up our our atmosphere to the point where, like, life will not be possible. Right. So. And it's, it's, yeah, like, it's funny because, like, no matter what we do the Earth, the Earth will always be here, like you said. And it's gone through periods of time, like every, every, you can look at history and it's actually very consistent where it's like population, evolution, growth, black ages. Then it starts over again, black ages. And, uh, it's like next black age, man, there's not going to be any humans around to talk about it afterward. Well, right. But I mean, the black ages, the literature, all of the stuff would theoretically still be here. Right. If yeah, it it would be, it would be ancient. Like the next civilization would come across, like, oh, what are this? And they look into it, and then it, it, is it, is it that point in time where it's, it's, it's like it's literally Just not your, it could be a cycle, but also, I mean, obviously we contribute to it, but is it the cycle of, are we about to enter another wipeout? Like just completely off the record until the next whatever sprouts. I don't know. I, I again, I'm not too well versed. I'm just thinking. I I don't know either. But personally, like I want to have kids, and I don't want them to be dead by the time they're 28 years old. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I get you on that. Like, it's it's just a big concern to me. And I think a, a a really good way that the government could get involved if is by giving some sort of some sort of incentive for companies to research climate change, research and implement climate change. And if they, if they incentivize companies to do that, more companies will do that. Yes. 
yeah, there, there you go. Like that's another, that's another slice of the pie that needs to be done. You know, yeah. like incentivize people to make changes to where it's beneficial for them on a on a fiscal level right. to implement these policies. Yeah, you know, and maybe like you come out and you say, okay, well you need to be run off of green energy. And if you don't comply with that by this date, mm-hmm. we're going to start fining you. And yeah. if you do comply with that by this date, then we're going to give you tax breaks. Boom. I wonder how much it would cost to give everybody, to get everyone in the United States an electric vehicle that currently owns a vehicle. Like what the total net cost of that would be. Trillions. Really? Trillions. So you you drive... can probably look up how many vehicles are on United States roads right now. Let's take a look because I know I'm curious. How many? And and you you have to like really take the uh, transportation portion of it. Yeah. Uh, with a grain of salt because you're not getting a plane through the air on the, on an electric engine at right. least not yet. Not until Elon figures it out. You're not you're not getting. Um, shipping liners across the ocean on an electric engine yeah um or you're not getting goods sent across the country on trucks with electric engines yeah so like there's some caveats that would need to be made like well um commercial transportation and shipping needs to remain on uh gas-powered vehicles yes but if i mean like there's we're closing in on 400 million people in the united states yep 270 million registered vehicles 270 million that's half the population a little more than half it would cost eight trillion dollars now here's the thing if implemented the zero emissions thing where everyone has to be implemented that eight trillion dollars goes to the car companies and then 40 percent of that goes back to the government so that's, and I'm not, we need to take action for sure. And there needs to be so much more research and like people, and it's cool because we're living in a time now, especially that it's a lot more like people are starting to wake up for it. Like you would never have seen these scooters around 10 years ago. Oh yeah. Or the bike sharing program. Yeah. You never, ever would have seen that. So there is definitely initiative being taken. It's just this, uh, it, it, we need to really sit down and, and have a discussion about it instead of like. I'm so sick of partisan politics clashing to each other. We're not getting anything done. Uzi, get out. So your argument, (laughs) your argument is that, uh, 60 per the car companies would only be able to retain 60% of their profits. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, first of all, it goes into the car company's hands. Like, okay. So they get, Five trillion dollars that goes that gets extracted. 4.8 trillion. I just did the math. Right, that, that gets extracted up from the bottom. Which climate change is a big thing. Poverty is a big thing too. And if you extract eight trillion dollars from people by making forcing them to get electric vehicles, like even people that just bought brand new vehicles this year would have to in ten years. Nope, you have to have an electric vehicle. Otherwise, we tax you a shit ton. Well, and and that's where I I think it needs to focus more on um manufacturing and agriculture yeah yep you know those are the big those are the big steps to take i just bought a brand new car last year 
because I'm going to be driving a lot. I wanted something that got good gas mileage and um, didn't, you know, make me feel like I was killing baby squirrels every time I turned it on. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> even with the fact that I'm getting 33 miles per gallon right now, yeah, uh, I still feel horrible about driving places. Like, coming over here to record this, I was just like, fuck, I'm a piece of shit, dude. Well, just get a Tesla, man. They're still doing... I can't afford a Tesla. You, It's cheaper. Over 10 years, it would probably be 60% of what our cars cost over that period of time. Because you take into account... One, you take into account no maintenance, no oil changes, no all of these things. The base one is 35 grand. So, let's start there. 35 grand... The government of Colorado is currently subsidizing that by six grand. So take six grand off that. So 29. Yeah. So you have little county incentives like the government saying, hey, we'll give you money. We'll give Tesla money if you switch over. Uh, and then when you take into account the cost of they, they did a, a base test of a $40,000 Model 3, which is the base Tesla versus a 2019 base Toyota Corolla. Yeah. And they found that the total cost of owning the car uh, supersedes the, the Toyota supersedes it. It's about 80 grand over the lifespan of a car. Okay. Whereas the Tesla remains Cause all you're low. doing is replacing brakes and wheels essentially. Yep. That's all. Um, the battery lasts the lifespan of the car and they replace the brakes for free. Like they, Elon made a statement. He's like, we use kinetic energy to, to take the energy and put it back into the battery. So the brake pads don't wear out faster, but if they do, we'll replace them. Um, so it's really a, a car of an investment. Like, yeah, they're expensive. I'm hoping they come out with like a Tesla Model 1, which starts at around 20 grand. Once that happens, that's the revolution right there. That's going to, yeah, that'll be a game changer for sure. And I know Volkswagen, uh, I think it's Volkswagen, is yep. switching over to all electric by uh, 21, I think. Yep. Yep. 2021. Yep, they're doing that. Audi announced theirs. Oh, yeah. they look good too. And, yeah, uh, and... and I'm glad to see a progression in, yeah. uh, in that direction, but it's just like manufacturing and agriculture, uh, you know, it, it's detrimental in so many different ways, but the current 100% crisis is controlling the rising temperature of the planet, right? Yeah. A lot of people will be like, well, agriculture still pollutes waterways because of, like, fertilizers and pesticides and stuff. It's like, yes, it does. Yeah. That's something we have a little bit of time to figure out. Do some triage here. We have two degrees of Celsius to fuck around with right now. Yeah. That's not much. We got two degrees. We need to figure that out now. Yeah. So... Yeah, well, I would hope that, and this is what's frustrating, is that guys like us are having these conversations, and there's all these people out there. I mean, there's billions of people with higher education degrees right. that have failed this planet, like over the period of 50 years, yeah. that have not taken initiative. Like these higher education, quote unquote, like environment experts should have been not taking money 10 years ago, 15 years ago, to and be have been quiet. Yeah. And started speaking up now. So yeah. it, it's frustrating. It really they, they really should have started speaking up back in the 60s if they knew about it. Yeah. And I'm like, sure they did. I'm sure there was like, some level of... Like understanding of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, they just didn't give a fuck, you know? 
uh, yeah, because it was a gradual increase. Right. And now it's like out of control. It's like, I, I think they probably knew about it back in the 60s. And I have this conversation with people all the time uh, when it comes to... They're like, do you really believe like... You really believe there's organized people that would keep information like this away from people? It's like, Absolutely. yes, I do. One hundred percent. People and, die over stuff like. Well, and it's uh, funny because like people that I argue with of like I've met several people. And they've, is it, have you ever been to a military base and felt the shift of energy of being in like a docile little thing to like this is fucking serious, real fucking quick? Yeah. And it only gets more and more. Yeah, uh, like aggressive aggressive the higher security clearance you go up or like getting involved in the pentagon yeah, i mean like i when i was in the military there was even a room just in my battalion where if you went into this room everyone had to leave their cell phones and electronic devices outside it's like a briefing room or something yeah and um it's like n- nothing's allowed in there yeah you know you don't take your fucking anything in there right it's got like a heavy ass metal door on it I'm not sure if the walls were lined with anything, but it was like, you know, like this room, like whatever's in this room is in this room and that's it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It gets to that point. So for me, it's not hard to explain. Like I don't look at the world and I'm like, oh, like I go to work and say hi to Jeff. That must be how the colonel is at fucking base. It's like, no, it's totally different. Like they operate on a different level. Watch Dr. Strangelove. (laughs) <laughs> or how I came to love the bomb. That is the name of the movie. Watch it. It's Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. You will not be disappointed. But uh, it it shows um, a certain level of paranoia and how people can manipulate the minds of others. Yeah. Into thinking that like something is real or something isn't real. Yeah. You need a Doctor Strange love. Look it up. Did you know uh, Germany? used this is a little bit off subject but along with uh government stuff germany during i think it was pre-hitler actually in the 1930s started propagating ufos yeah started propagating ufos yeah saying that they're a thing yeah to to get people to colonize together and when they brought over warner von braun through uh through operation paperclip and he became the head of nasa they started doing the same thing with UFOs, painting this idea that UFOs exist. And they started doing it all over the world. And Warner Von Braun, at his death, basically said, there are going to be three things that they're going to do. I forgot the first two things, but the third thing they're going to do is a fake alien invasion. Really? And, and that's how they're going to combine all the governments together. Really? They're going to use various tactics to say we need to take global unity and combined it that way. So even though we, we, and he said like, it'll appear in the final stages that governments are like fighting each other, but they're all, they're all in on it behind closed doors. Like, like you said, when you go into those rooms with no fucking, like what, what we see on the press and what actually happens is totally two different things. Yeah. And so this movie is called Dr. Strange love or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Um, it, it's basically about a guy that just decides um, on his own. He's a leader of a nuclear strike group and military base in the U.S., and he decides that he wants nuclear war with uh, Russia. And so he just implements it on his own. Oh, shit. Like, he sends out all the codes of, like, hey, there's some crazy shit happening. 
you know, we need to respond right now. Yeah. And, um, like, everyone underneath him is like, all okay. right, cool. You know, they all think that, like, Russia's invaded, that they've yeah. stolen a bunch of U.S. uniforms. So the other U.S. troops that are trying to get on the on this base to stop the guy from yeah. – they're like, the U.S. troops are fighting each other. Um, it's, it's just crazy. Um, I want you to try this supplement. Okay. Is it's, it chewable? It is. And it actually tastes really good. It tastes like the Dreamsicle candies. Okay. It's the GABA. So they're amino acids. It has four amino acids. Yeah. So, so it has the GABA, taurine, inso. Oh, I'm so bad at reading medical stuff. Let's see here. It's stuff all dogs can have too. But um, where are I, you reading that out? Oh, okay. Nutritional. And the actual nutritional facts, it's listed at the bottom. There's four amino acids in it, and they're all neuro... Uh... Yeah, so it's GABA, taurine, inositol, and L-thionine. So those three bottom ones are usually in dog food. But um, this is... So I just ate some dog food? Kind of. It's a natural ne uh, neurotransmitter. And I got to say, having been an avid weed smoker for a long time, <laughs> I felt more relaxed taking this. Than I had in years smoking weed. Oh, um, so speaking of like supplements and drugs and stuff, uh, mm -hmm. on my way over here today, uh, heard a thing about uh, Dr. Robert Grant. Yeah. And uh, he ran a, a longitudinal study of people on an antiviral medication uh, prophylactically against HIV and. He released his results uh, back in 2004, I think, is when the results got released. And it worked. Like, in 73% of cases, people did not contract HIV using this antiviral drug, which was supplied to him by um, Gilead Pharmaceutical. Yeah. Uh, and he was, like, getting really excited about it because he... He was like, okay, I have like 10 more years and then this drug will be available for generic manufacturing. Okay. And Gilead in 2013 renewed their patent on the medication. So now it's that medication is still like $2,000 a month yeah. to be on. And this guy, along with a team of a whole bunch of other scientists and people that know way more than I do, have proven that this is a good prophylactic measure for two, four, or uh, three fourths of the population, yeah. essentially, uh, against H acquiring HIV. And his yeah. whole stance is, you know, we need to get this out there. We need to make it as available as a flu vaccine. Yeah. But the 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 one thing about it is is it needs to be taken continuously. So if you're considered a high-risk population, you'd be, like, taking it all the time. Okay. But apparently the side effects are really min minimal. And, um, yeah, he, he, he got into a big argument with uh, Gilead, I guess, in, in front of Congress and whatnot. But he, he's this guy did some really good work. He's trying to push it forward, but he's getting stopped by 
you know, corporate America, basically. Yeah, it's disgusting. It it, and I think honestly, because when was HIV discovered in the seventies? Yeah, late mid to late seventies. There's think. theory, and it's conspiracy. I won't get into it now, but it's it was created by by us, and uh, but by us as in the U.S. Yes. Um, Do you know who Patient Zero was? I know it was developed in a monkey. It was a monkey. I remember distinctly learning that it was a monk, a chimpanzee, and then I because I remember because there was a, I I asked specifically I was like how did humans get it, and then some kid in the class was like some guy got really lonely, and fucked uh, a monkey, and he got kicked out of the class, so that's the only reason I remember that. Um, well, patient zero that started the human spread was tracked down to be like a flight attendant. Okay. And um. He fucked a monkey, apparently. Well, I, I don't know how he got it, but like it was because of him. He he was kind of like a sailor, right, yeah. with a different person in every port, yeah. essentially, and mm-hmm. that's what started the epidemic spread. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I. I'm not sure how he got it. He might have been infected on purpose, and in, in your mind, but. Well, I don't know. I'm. I think mostly is because if, if pharmaceutical, and I don't know if it's the United States government, it very well could be, because let me say this, most United States governments, most of the time when they get a president in office, it becomes a, let's hope this guy's a pushover so we can lobby as much fucking shit as we can. Yeah. And I think that's where, that it was probably created by the pharmaceutical companies and lobbied somehow in Washington, maybe even unknowing to Washington. But if pharma, big pharma can create a, a a problem that only they have the cure for, and then they patent that, then what, like they they have their own circle, like they have a they right. have they they can keep people sick and they have the cure. Right. So that's that that needs to be looked into for sure. I think it could be eradicated and I think it's more than money. I think it has a lot to do with, um, well, it, it is a hundred percent money, but I think it probably comes down to some, like if research comes back as to where it came from in the fucking first place. Yeah. It could bite these pharmaceutical companies and they could plummet. Yeah. And again, uh, kind of like with the climate change thing, it's, it's a matter of stopping the current progression and then going back and fixing the other issues. Yeah. Trailing it back, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there there really is no cure for a virus out there. Right. Like any virus. We have antiviral drugs and stuff, but um, if you get infected with a virus, you have the virus. If yeah. you've ever had a cold sore, guess what, my friend? You have herpes. But what about like and these... that's there. Forever. What, what about these like soup? Not like when I say super elite, I mean like royalty families, high end politicians. Why do they oh, the, never the lizard people? Not the lizard. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I'm just talking about like the health care they receive versus what we receive is different. Well, like, yeah, it's because Warren they have Buffett. Money. Yeah, Warren Buffett, all this shit. But yeah, it's because they have money, dude. Like, and that's the pro- that's what I'm getting at is that they need money to receive proper health care, like real health care. It's fucking crazy. Do you know? In order to uh, to defend yourself in modern court systems, anything under a hundred thousand dollars, you'll probably lose. Really? Yeah, and it goes back to what we were talking about, like the debtor's prison. 
Oh yeah. Everything is everything yeah. that works is kept out of reach for most people to afford. Yeah. And that's where it becomes like, okay, is there a cure for HIV already? Just not for the rest of us. Let's find Magic Johnson and ask him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I don't, he claims. Does he still claim to do treatment? Yeah, I mean, people don't make a big deal out of it anymore because it's like old news. But yeah, like that—that's proof, first of all, that the me- medications that are being given um, to stop it from turning into full-blown AIDS do work. Yeah. Uh, but the other side of that was this guy found a way to prevent it from happening altogether. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it—it it literally would cut off the head of of any new cases right and somebody can't stand that yeah so like yeah so you'd have everyone out there that already has it it's not curable once you have it Mm -hmm. from what we know now right but so everyone out there that has it would continue to have it but the the idea that this um dr robert grant put Mm -hmm. forward is uh with the medication that he did the trial on i forget the name of it it starts with a t uh it would stop new and in, new infections from occurring. Okay. And so then like, you know, as the people, unfortunately, as the people with uh, active HIV infections pass away, you don't have new cases. Okay. Okay. Or very, very, very few new cases. Um, ep- so, okay. So I'm looking at the, the cost uh, of the brand name drugs to treat HIV. And there are very few generics for very, uh, very few for most of these brands and a lot of these i mean you're looking at thirteen hundred dollars for a refill eighteen hundred dollars two thousand one hundred two thousand dollars eighteen hundred dollars and that that's per month yes yeah that's for a 30-day supply correct correct and you can't miss a dose once you have hiv if you're not on top of your um medications and taking them like exactly the way you should be um, the virus progresses just a little bit each time. Shit. So these people need those medications. Yeah. And I, I think that's the problem that we, especially in hierarchy, like hierarchical power and corporations and pharmaceuticals, they truly probably believe that they are above everybody else. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, what is it? The Sackler family or whatever that yeah. owns Purdue Pharma. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they they were like, oh, we'll just donate money to museums and shit, and have our name put on a couple of hospital wings, and people will think we're good good guys. Cody was just talking about that actually. Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah, they they become like public figures to cover what they were doing. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, because money here, money here, talks. Give OxyContin to all your patients. Yeah, we'll we'll give it to the hospital at a reduced price. It's a great pain medication. As long as they're in actual pain, no risk of uh dependence you know it's like (laughs) it's very similar to the mormon mafia like they they donate they do all this charity work all this humanitarian work and then they nudge politicians and say hey don't do this or do this pass the medical marijuana bill which is funny because now it's come to light that they they lobbied for that and i told you it got passed off right so we're suing the state government and the state government's like well, you can't sue us for it, so they passed it up to the federal government, which is like, you replaced the bill that we passed. But anyways, uh, I guess, and the, the, in the lawsuit it said, 
we are suing because we believe that the LDS church lobbied the government in favor of not passing it. And the reason being is because they've invested seven in seven different pharmaceutical companies over a billion dollars. And if, if this passes, that would hugely affect the LDS church from a pharmaceutical standpoint. Yeah. Well, and you know, you, you, you gotta always be suspect of any church that, uh, is taking money from their parishioners yeah. and turning it around into uh, investment opportunities. Yep. But like, then their claim is we, we want to build the wealth of the church so we can take care of more people. Yeah, That doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, once you start doing that, I think you need to be taxed as yes. a church. Yep. I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter. <laughs> I fucking did. Because, I, I, I mean... The LDS Church, for anyone that's outside of Utah, they ask all of their parishioners to give 10% of their earnings. Gross. Gross earnings. That's before taxes. uh, To them. So if you make $100,000 a year, they're asking for $10,000. If you make $100 a year, they're asking for $10. And if you are not doing that, you're not a full tithe payer, full tithe payer. And and, and you you get put on like a probationary status in a sense for it kind it. of is it's it's more so you get your temple membership revoked yeah that's so it, so you can't communicate with god until you pay up yeah and and then the the church itself first of all they pay the the, the i don't know what they pay the prophet but that guy lives pretty well you so know? all of them are very successful business people already yeah. Already. So the idea is that they were elected because they didn't have to worry about the money. So tech, from the church themselves, they don't get money. But from business, vent, they're businessmen. So you, you and, and then they turn around and they take their parishioners' money yep. and they invest, invest it, it to make themselves more wealthy. It's to grow the church as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's to gain, I think it's more so about power. I think it's to grow. It could, I don't know if you knew grow this. Influence. On, on Sunset Boulevard in California, church owns 80% of it. Straight up in in so, California, so yeah. The LDS Church owns eighty percent of the the land, the real estate. Because yeah. I remember when they bought the ZCMI Center. Here, yes, and it they turned ha- it into City Creek. So let me say this: the LDS Church is is the is the uh, the Pope or the uh, Catholic Church of over here. It's above the law. It's it's something. Yeah. S- some fuckery. Yeah, it, it, especially in Utah, it is above. Almost that, everything. That's the thing is that, that that's what it comes down to is religion is a shelter away from tax. And we've seen with the uh, Catholic Church is that it was a front for pedophilia. Be- and uh, Nazi smuggling. Yeah. All, all sorts of shit, right? Yeah. But it's above the law, so they don't, they're not regulated. Yeah. And so anyways, they put that in the lawsuit. The state government basically said, we passed Proposition 2 and then Governor Herbert replaced it with this other thing. And Governor Herbert's like, it's not our fault. It's the federal government's, and we're going to take out the LDS part. They amended the bill to yeah, take out that, yeah. and then sent it on up. I know. It's I know they fucking did. crazy. I know they did, and it's because Governor Herbert's a member of the church. Honestly, like I, he's probably. And let me say this before we harp too much. I think most of the members, like ninety-five percent, are awesome, good people that are being taken advantage of based upon emotion and like. It's Ex- manipulation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I would, I would have to agree with you. Um, but I, I honestly think, you know, I, 
I, I don't know how you'd accomplish it, but, like, separation of church and state. Like, this country was founded on it. Yeah. Believe what you want to believe, but it doesn't belong in politics. And in y- Utah's case, that is not how it's done. Right. And there needs to be repercussions for that. I 100% agree. There needs to be a clear separation. Like, Yeah, and- like, if... If you're trying to influence people's minds on a subject, then, I mean, it's impossible. You can't turn on the local news here without seeing some story about the church. Yeah. Yep, it's true. Yeah. yeah like Deseret News is owned by the church. So, I mean, yeah. it, they have such a foothold in what we see here. In, and it's created, let me say this too, it's created an oppression. Uh, people like social, social oppression. Because the people that grow up in the LDS church, are they come out and and they're not a member anymore they find out that they have no self-confidence because they were taught to believe that everything's a sin they're nothing and without god they would be nothing so then they come out with this low self-confidence they see how the world really works and really it just it it's a system to create docile um people that just follow rules emotion based off of emotion they manipulate emotion to get money out of you and say oh yeah if you don't do this you can't be with god or whatever yeah and and so like i grew up in a similar environment i didn't grow up lds but uh the the church i went to um it was a lutheran church and it was a lot of the same kind of tactics you know like uh you know we're gonna make you feel bad for being the person that you are yeah and you know if you leave this church you're you're fucked yeah um you know, uh, life has a way of fucking me anyway, so, uh, <laughs> Mormons are the, the weird thing with the Mormon church and they, they do teach some good values. I think, um, pro fam, very pro family, yeah. very, very big into like tight knit communities. I think that's awesome. Uh, there, there are certain things that I really like about them. And also like there have been times like my parents are tithe payers or whatever. And there have been times they couldn't pay their mortgage. So they would go to the church and say, Hey, I can't do it. And they're like, we're going to cover it for six months type thing. Yeah. Um, so those that, aspects, that's really nice. those aspects are cool. But when, when there's so, when it's being invested into a stock market, I would have no problem with it if it wasn't being invested in public markets, yeah. like untaxed money being put back into, you're getting capital gains. Now, I don't know if they have to pay taxes on the capital gains or not because they're a religious organization. Yeah, and, and technically, it's not even them investing it. They give it to like these secret money handling firms that are church ran, but not on the books as church com- companies. Right. Uh, and then they launder the money. So they're laundering your 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 tithe. Your tithe. Right. And I asked my mom this. I'm like, do you actually believe like if I took 10% of my income, I feel like I could do more of a difference than the church could, especially in my local community. Like if you made a hundred thousand dollars and you had 10 grand, imagine what you could do just in Cottonwood Heights, working with the local mayor or whatever to improve things right then and there. Yeah. And the church says, no, 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 no. We have a better way. We're going to make more temples. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, spread the good word. Please, please come to Salt Lake if you've never been. There's temples everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we have like the big old one downtown that looks like a castle. There's like 10. Yeah, but if you if you just go to the East Bench, 
Go on top of Pete's Rock. Yeah. Ask anyone in Salt Lake where Pete's Rock is. You'll be able to find it. Yeah. Um, go on top of that. It's a really short, short, easy hike. You could count easily at least five just yeah. by looking out over the valley. The Salt Lake one's pretty cool. That was the first one. Yeah. And uh, Well, was... the Nauvoo one was the first one. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. See, yeah. I'm out. Uh, it was hand-built. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Seeing that thing, especially, and you see pictures of it, but when you get right up next to it and look up, you're like, holy shit, this is a castle. Like, this yeah. is straight up a castle. Yeah. And uh, even compared to the uh, Catholic cathedral, which is still amazing. Yeah. But this thing, especially at nighttime when you get all the lights on it, it looks like some emperor lives there or something. It's because he does. Yeah, he does. He's up in the top. But yeah. you got to pay your 10% to see him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he lives in the golden guy at the top. Yeah. Um, um hold on a second yes okay Okay. so we just took a break to make some uh old fashions you guys um and i'm pretty happy about that it's been a while since i've had an old fashioned they should make half size solo cups for make for uh just sipping Mm -hmm. listen up solo any anyway uh i was about to tell Caden how the term honeymoon came about in the kitchen while we were making our old fashions over there. Glad you clarified that. This sounded like you're telling me what a honeymoon is in my kitchen. Yeah. I don't know about so, that. So uh, honey, uh, honeymoon is an old term for, uh, I think it was like a Nordic tradition. Okay. Uh, and a new husband and bride would go into their new domicile or whatever together for a whole month. Okay. One moon, one lunar cycle. Yeah. And be given all the mead that they could handle. Ooh, okay. So. That's pretty nice. I wish they did that nowadays. Yeah. Uh, if my honeymoon had been like that, would have been tits. Guys. Right. Would have been tits. Honey um, tits. Dude, I want to show you. Uh... So, yeah. Anyway, these aren't bad for a novice. Definitely better than a cheap shot. Yeah. Uh, let me try to find this. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Come on, come on, come on. I was looking at that bourbon is does it does pretty good with it. Yeah, it does really well with it. It, it complements the orange really good. Yes, I do use orange bitters in my old fashions, guys. It's an optional thing, but I do it, and if you're against it then go fuck yourself go fuck yourself yeah um anyways i was looking at houses in mexico or renting in mexico right okay well i can't um possibly record every week if you move down that way no i'm just saying later in life <laughs> this is what i want to do uh because you can get a two bedroom two bathroom two, like a two-story yeah. with a swimming pool in the back for 500 a month Really? You, you, oh, fuck yeah, dude. And it's out. It's, it's not in like Tijuana, is it? No, no, no. It's on the southern part of Mexico. Okay. Like, that is, so like the more relaxed part, the less bang, bang side. Um, less Nico Vega. Yeah. Less scary parts. So like here. Oh, shit. That's very. By the expensive. way, Nico Vega, excellent artist. So here we go. Two bedroom, one bath. Oh, that's a day. You fucks. Fuck you guys. Airbnb? No, it wasn't Airbnb, but it was uh, some sort of probably Mexican version of that, I guess. 
Dude, they're, it's worldwide, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I bet you can go on to Airbnb right now and find a freaking house in Bruges to stay in. Okay, so one bedroom, one bathroom, 200 a month, 200 a month, 250 a month, 250 a month, 270 a month, like cheap as shit, right? Yeah. And you talk to, I've, I've talked to a few people who've lived in Mexico that have been from America. And they say to live comfortably, like if you want to go out and get beers, have some food, go out on the town, around 700 a month to live. Which is crazy as shit. Yeah. Because that's like... That doesn't even touch um, my fucking wife's car payment, my car payment, and insurance. Right. Like yeah. That, like, that doesn't even touch that. Right. Here's yeah. like standard of living for one person is probably around three grand a month. Two, two and a half to three grand, I would say. In the U.S.? Yeah. For someone my age, at least. Like that's, that's pretty average. Like gross, yeah. I make like probably at, at that job. Yeah, probably around that. So, and even then it's like the housing has gone up so much due partially due to all these fucking universities, which don't get me on a rant about that. Um, but Hey, hey man, I'm in a university. Yeah. But you're not at like these huge ones that are driving up the rent around the university. Oh yeah. Well, I bet I am. Uh, it's just that I'm not living around the university I'm attending. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. My, my university is an hour plus away for anyone that's interested. But it's like month to month at this place would have been 1700 bucks. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Like I'll, mo- I'll rent you my whole fucking basement for 1700 a month. Dude. Right? It's fucking insane. Like, Se- and you, you could live down there. You could piss on the floors. Dude, I don't even give a shit. <laughs> You're right? Like, that's so absorbent. And especially in this place, like I told people in particular, the Midvale Cottonwood split is getting filled with just degenerates, dude. Like this area. I'm not talking about tucked away Cottonwood where you live. I'm talking about where the shit's going down right now. Next Mid- to the movie theater. Midvale, like they're going to shit and that's spreading into Cottonwood. They're building all these uh, affordable housing complexes and it's just driving more people into it. all an- right. I've got two ARs, handful no, of handguns. It's not that for me. It's the fucking traffic down Union Park and uh, that, that clusterfuck. Um, there's that... There's that three uh, three left turn. Clusterfuck. I know what what turn you're talking about. It's by the Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Um. But <clears throat> there's been some motherfuckers doing some uh, street work uh, next to Highland Drive. Yeah. For going on the better half of a year now. They've been working on the same fucking corner, dude. Yeah, they start and, over once they're done because the government's like, here's more money, fucking make it disappear. It. it it's driving me crazy, dude. It's like right next to the grocery store, right next to the fucking on-ramp to the highway. Like, well, it was like three years ago. I remember, because that's about when I moved to this area. Fucking great area. Like, no, hardly any people. Like, the people that were here had a little bit more money. Not a shit ton more, but enough to be kind of tucked away. And then over the past three years, it's just exponential growth. Like, it just traffic, construction. It's that Walmart, man. The Walmart, too. Get that the fuck out of my town, dude. Like, <laughs> wipe that thing out. I don't care if I have to drive to Smith's, Harmon's, Macy's. I have three other ones. Get this piece of shit out of here. It's honestly, like, ruining. Walmart ruins communities, I think. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. They do. And you get all these people. Like, there was this, uh, this nice little, uh, she was hot, too, working at Walmart. 
um, she was an AP, like the asset protection. And she, uh, she stopped me at the thing. She's like, I need to check the receipt. I'm like, okay, take my receipt. And I guess I forgot to pay for sunglasses that were sitting. Good. My dog fucking breaks them all the time. So I just buy cheap ass ones. And uh, Speaking of which, I think you have a pair sitting at my house. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good. In a case. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, but I guess I forgot to pay for them. So then she gets on my ass. Like, I just bought probably $100 worth of other groceries, and she's dinking around about $15 glasses. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go pay for it. I have to go do a money thing at the money center. Like, I have to go do, I have to go do something there, too. She's like, no, you can pay for it right here. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to go over there. Because I have to do something over there. And she's like, okay. But then I go over there, and they had an asset protection person come stand by me and so watch the whole thing. So you didn't leave with your $15 sunglasses? Oh, dude, I was pissed. I, I didn't say anything, but I'm like, I have no reason. The only reason I go there is convenience. Yeah, it's right next to your place. But now it's worth it for me to drive the opposite way and go to the Harmons just down the street. Yeah, I mean, that Walmart's within walking distance, really. Like, they treat their employees like garbage. Yeah. And I, I was actually listening to something about that today. Really? Yeah. Do you know how many people they employ? 400,000. That's so a if, lot. if they go down, oh, fuck, who knows what will happen. But at the same time, if they go down, it gives an opportunity for these little guys to sprout up a little bit. And I'm not talking even about Smiths, Harmons, all that shit. I'm talking about the, the little guy who wants to open his shop. Like, there's one over on the corner by that home, too. It's off of a State Street. There's a little, a little grocery store that they get fresh meat every day. Yeah. Little tiny place, and I wish there were like twenty or thirty of them around. Uh, there's there's a place off of Seventh that's called the Size Market. Yeah. Um, same thing. Uh, locally grown produce, like brought in fresh once, like as once often daily as can, yeah. or a week or whatever. And I, I used to go there as a kid with my dad all the time. Yeah. That's what I would do. Like, if there were small grocery stores that source fresh every day and you could go after work and pick up the groceries for the day, that it's so much more preferable than going to Walmart and having some fat-ass obese lady decide she has to check her candy crush right in the middle of the goddamn lane. Like, s split. I don't even give a fuck, dude. Like, they're... they're they're most they're not America's best. I'll just say that. <laughs> roaming roaming Walmart. They're not you want to see even worse than that? Go to the clothing section of Walmart, dude. Spend like 5 minutes in there. And uh and and tell me tell me you don't want to go somewhere better like a fucking garbage dump or skid row. Like honestly, Walmart has gotten so bad. And all for money too. Like isn't that funny? It's it's yeah. to save 30 cents. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I'll pay a. I wish they had a Costco where you had to pay a $2,000 membership. Because if you had to do that, you could go, if I could afford that, let me say that. I would pay that shit. <laughs> and you go in there, and there's other people in there that can afford to be in there. And you don't have to worry about these goddamn Facebook surfers not looking where they're going. Like, they walk out of the Walmart down on their phone, just cross the street. Like, yeah. If you weren't in this docile environment, like if I was some madman, if this was the 70s, I could have just ran you over. No one would have known. <laughs> just kept driving. Uh, speaking of like docile environments and people getting lulled into a false sense of security, uh, I guess they did a 
an inquiry into the Parkland shooting in Florida a couple okay. years ago. And um, a lot of schools nowadays are doing random, uh, unannounced active shooter drills. Oh, wow. So when this shooter actually showed up on the high school campus and started shooting people, they weren't sure if it was a drill or not. Oh, really? Yeah. So. So wait, they, they, this was an actual shooter though? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you heard this or not, but they are now doing, they're firing off test shots in schools to have kids prepare to be shot at. Like it's living in this constant state of fucking fear. They keep perpetuating. Are you serious? Yeah. Like I'm they're firing blanks in schools? Ra- unannounced. Maybe the teachers know. Students don't know. That is what we call trauma at a young age. And you know what? You're going to create a bunch of people that don't trust shit. Yeah. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. Dude, that, like, and that, that'll just create a whole new uh, The Boy Who Cried Wolf scenario. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I truly can't believe that it's gotten to this point. Arm the fucking teachers. Arm them. Train them. Train it's, them first. Train them and then arm <laughs> them. Like... It, I cannot stress to you how paramount training is. Yeah. And you think a little like most of these kids are like 16-year-old little fucks. Uh, and uh, here I have some stuff. Uh, yeah. And they think they're invested. They also think they're invincible too. Like when I was 16, God himself could not hurt me. You know, like it, I was extremely naive and retarded. But that's how I felt. And um, you start doing this with uh, active shooter drills. And then uh, people get lulled into a false sense of security. Like, oh, it's just another drill. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Or just the idea that they should constantly have to be afraid of going to school to learn. Like, if it's perpetuated, like, hey, this could happen. This could fucking happen. It's just like the same thing with the nuclear thing. Uh, Back in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, like get under your desks. But get towards un- the blast, fellas. But towards the blast. It, it's, it, creates like, it creates the guys who are afraid of Big Brother later. You know what I mean? Like you. Yeah, like me. Dude, <laughs> imagine me when I'm 70. I'm going to have like <laughs> things on my wall and like bullet points and strings if I'm not already assassinated by the deep state. <laughs> I don't think you're that important. No, it's just that's the thing. They'll they'll try to make me not seem important, and then they'll discredit me, and then they'll then then when people listen to me, they'll just shoot a fucking dart through the vent, and it'll just hit me in the neck. And that's it. No, and then I'll just change, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll I'll, I'll start endorsing governors and be, all this shit. Be uh, what is it? Um, absorbed into the collective. <laughs> yeah uh but yeah dude i don't know it's weird like the u.s especially uh the the price of living is fucking crazy but we also have so much money here in the u.s like that's something people don't realize either like the amount of money compared to china and per per citizen yeah and the weirdest thing is the people in china seem to be happier in some sense some some way uh, and it depends on the circumstance, but like a lot of these people who work in factories, it's different. So they go, th- this one documentary on Bluebird, Bloomberg I watched, basically this Australian guy started a company 
uh, making headphones, and he hired a whole warehouse of Chinese workers. Yeah. Because it's cheaper. Um, but they provide food for all of their employees, right? And at the same time, after, like, he's like, we found that most of our workers after lunch, we couldn't really get them to do anything. So we just decided to have a two-hour nap period. <laughs> so they'll straight up just take a two-hour nap afterwards. So they, they, they'll work these longer days, but they're actually treated very differently in the workplace. That's nice. It's strange. Um, I think a, a lot of ha- happiness um, comes down to, uh, especially with American society, not comparing yourself to your neighbor. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh, my neighbor got a new ATV and I, I can't afford one. Right. It's like, fuck it, dude. Like, be happy with what you have. You've got a right. house. You know, are you out there having to hunt for your food in the fucking jungle like yeah. they are in Africa? Right. No. You know? Yeah. Like, this is where, I, and this is why I think money isn't everything, is because these guys in China, even though they don't have as much money in their economy, and wherever you go, Thailand or over mm, in lady boys uh, and then you, you go over to these places that are poor but they find happiness in different things and here we have an abundance of fucking money like you and can no one's happy no one's happy because it all goes to like feeding back into the system like bills like the idea of having bills is is strictly probably uh it's a first world country problem oh yeah like it, it's it's creating yeah, a the, you being stressed out over paying your phone bill or your car payment that is a uniquely um westernized like first world giant economy problem which is weird because it's a relative problem to somebody else in an actually shitty situation that something way worse is going to happen we even though they're at different levels our our perception baseline of stress is is equal yeah so like what stresses up like oh fuck i gotta pay this bill like somebody's getting chased by a fucking bear it's (laughs) like That, exactly. It's relative problems like that would that's out of our existence of happening here. Yeah, like it, that would never happen. You don't ever think about it. You, you see a bear walking down Main Street in your hometown. What are what is everyone going to be doing? Pulling out their fucking phones and recording it. They're not going to yeah. be like, oh, that thing can fucking kill me. I need to get yeah. out of here. They're going to be like trying to take their picture with it and shit because you guys are fucking idiots first yep. of all, and you don't understand how nature works. And like Caden said, you're just too worried about small menial bullshit like your ancestors killed megafauna with sharpened sticks yeah act like you came from them please. fuck this is why we need another war this is why we need another fucking we're, war we're already in one we need a real one that people have to fucking see real I, repercussions i was in a. I know you were but i mean a a war that the entire public sees yeah because if that doesn't, the Iraq War is one thing because it's painted by the media, but World War Two was a ordeal. Like everyone was involved, everyone pulled together, everyone right. was like, "Oh shit, all this little shit doesn't matter." Right. And now we're in a position where, like, I have a conversation with Chris. He truly believes we'll never be in another fucking big war. Really. He truly believes that. That's he's like, sad. he's like, you shouldn't, t- t- you, it's so ignorant. Like, shut the fuck up. What What's his uh? hypothesis behind that just not wanting to believe it really that's most of people's things is that once you start talking about anything scary they're like stop talking about it gets you know yeah gets under their skin if you start challenging anything they think uh and that's that's where i get to the point of war it's like i tell i tell people about my thoughts on ai or war or whatever and they're like that could never happen but look in the past like 
history is the best teacher. Right. And uh, absolutely for us, and technology has changed the warfare landscape a little bit, but I'm not ruling out a complete like world war of way bigger scale. Yeah. That scares the shit. And that'll wake up the American people. And then what panic? There've been several instances where if if it weren't for the media, the U S would be in fucking panic. Like even in modern events that are kind of suppressed or like we can't let the public know because they'll freak the fuck out. Like what do you what are you referring to there? Like if the media wasn't as focused on some of the thing, I'm not saying Trump, not even Trump. I'm saying domestic issues or like like no one's really talking about the relationship with with Israel right now, Iran, like the the conflict. Right. If that was pushed to us all day, we would all start to get like antsy. Like, oh, we're going to war. Everyone's going to be like, we're going to war. Uh, um, yeah. And uh, so one thing, when I was in uh, the military, I used to watch stuff like that because that's a good indicator of where you're going to wind up next. Yeah. Like what area of the world you're going to wind up sitting in. Right. For the next nine months to year and a half or whatever yeah um i think a lot of uh people's perception of war has changed as well because um back during world war one and uh to an extent uh world war two world war two the deployment lengths were decreased but world war one if you went you were there until you died or it was over. Like, yeah. And, and so people were sending their, their husbands, their brothers, their sons out. And they're like, I may not see him ever again, or I may not see him until whenever this is over. Right. You know? And it's, it's just, it's a insane thing to think about. And you don't have that nowadays, which is good. It's yeah. good for the psyche of the people actually in, in combat. Right. But, um, strategic warfare rather than yeah, but, brute force. But at the same time, um, it does dissociate, uh, a lot of the American public from what the actual like costs and repercussions are because yeah. they're like, Oh yeah. You know, my buddy, he, he's going on deployment to Afghanistan. Oh, well, how long is this deployment going to be? uh 18 months okay and then they like live their lives here this guy goes out there um may or may not be involved in combat operations but yeah. either way is under an extreme threat level the whole time and, and then extreme. he comes back and his buddies are like hey let's play poker and it's like yeah because they 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 view it like a fucking vacation almost yes yeah that's yeah it's like going not going through anything hard and that's that's uh, and military's even next step, but that's why I appreciated being in security at least a little bit. Yeah, is because it kind of created that like, you would be, you would have a, at least from a civilian point of view, I would have a sense of danger every now and then, and I'm like, oh shit, most other people don't do this at their job. Yeah. like most people go to a computer and like type, and like, right, I'm out here dealing with homeless people or guys saying to slit my throat or a guy jumping over a bridge, and then um. It creates an I'm not on the who same. Is, who is that fucker that showed up? I I don't remember if you were still working with me or not, but um. Oh, the art guy, taking pictures. 
No, not him. Uh, there was another guy shortly after that showed up talking about like uh, somebody was chasing him and they were gonna kill him and shit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, we called the cops. Turns out the guy was just high on meth. It was the crack lord. The yeah. crack lord was yeah, after. Yeah, yeah, the crack say. lord. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it could have been real. I that mean, totally... it, it, it could have been, but this guy in a suit, he's like, no one will believe you. Tell anyone you want, and he drives yeah. off. He's like, you have 24 hours, and he's just hunting them down in the city. <laughs> yeah, hey, get out of there. But uh, yeah, so like this guy shows up, and he's like talking like that, and um, we call the cops. The cops tell him to go away. Cops uh, leave after he leaves. Dude, 45 minutes later, is back at the front door, pounding like, "Let me in! He's gonna kill me." Wound up going to jail, but yeah, I mean, like this, <laughs> this guy. But it's funny because, like, once you're in those situations in military, I'm sure even on a bigger scale, and then you come back to trying to associate with like normal, like people. Like, at, I remember especially at Clearlink, I would get so pissed off because people were complaining about the most minuscule shit, and I'm like, you have no, like, I, like they're saying like. Or having roommates that say, I have to work over eight hours. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. I'm like, bitch, I've worked back-to-back 12-hour shifts with, like, sleeping a little bit in the middle by sleeping in the couch in the fucking uh, uh, mother's room yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, it's and I think it was more so that, the, the of course. having to commit the time and, like, being drilled into the fucking ground with just boringness, too. Like, cause when you go over into, especially I would say in the army, if you get stationed for 18 months, you're going to be sitting in the sand a lot of the time, just being like, yeah, like a, fuck. Like a lot of people don't understand that about deployment. It's not like an action movie the whole time. A lot of it is just sitting there with your dick in your hands. You're sitting in a hole telling jokes to other people. Or like asking like, you know, stupid fucking questions, you know, like just watch Generation Kill, guys. Yeah. Just watch that. Um, but it's like, you know, would you let Angelina Jolie diarrhea shit on your leg and clean it up with your tongue in order to sleep with her stuff like that? You know, well, it's like just... me and Rec. It's like we had a, we had a, like a four hour conversation on if it is a, uh, if it makes a difference or no, he's like, he's like, if you fuck yourself in the ass, does it make you gay? That was the conversation. So we sit in there. We had like a three, four hour conversation about it. <laughs> if you take your own dick and you were able to put it in your ass, does that make you gay? And uh, yeah, it's just. The, it's, I, I don't think that makes you gay. I just think that makes you blessed. Yeah. <laughs> See, and it, but those type of situations where you have time, when you have time and you're under stress at the same time, yeah, it, it, it creates like these opportunities to just talk about whatever the fuck, like yeah, and yeah, so. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's an aspect that I miss a little bit, but you can still find it in the private sector, though, like yeah. through groups and shit. Yeah. I would imagine, like, well, you know, I've just kind of cultivated it around me anyway. You kind of like gravitate I, towards those type of people, anyways. I think, right? Well, not just that. Like, I, in general, don't give a fuck, um, and kind of just say what's on my mind anyway yeah or ask those kinds of questions anyway of the people around me yeah and some of them are shocked some of them have gotten used to of it some of them have stopped talking to me 
Well, see, and people think that's like a bad trait to say what's on your mind, but there's not enough people that do that anymore. Like the whole construct of this whole alpha male thing didn't even used to be called alpha. It used to be called something else back in the business time. And it basically meant that you were assertive and you worked your way to the top because you said what was on your fucking mind. Right. And now we're taught to conform, conform, like it, don't say a thought that's different from everyone else's thoughts. And that's why I'm like so proud to like put whatever the fuck on the podcast and be put it on my LinkedIn and be like future employers view it. I don't give a fuck uh, yeah. for me in, in particular. Like, like, you know exactly who you're getting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. And I think that, that drive of being like, Oh, this guy does not care. And he's driven is way more valuable than saying, Hey, this guy's like everybody else. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, uh, those kids in high school, like, Hey, I want to get, I want to get my lip pierced. Why? So I can be different like everyone else. It's yeah. like, do you know when I got my nose pierced, it was very not. I didn't see anyone doing it, and now I see everybody doing it. I I see every. I'm not saying that I changed it or anything. I'm just saying that. I when, wonder if that's like a psychological thing. It though. could be. When I got it done, I genuinely did it because like fuck, I thought it was cool, and then I did it, and then uh, then I started like going to the coffee shop, seeing people that I've been with there, like the talk to or whatever, didn't have it, come back, they have it, like whoa. And it started happening more and more. And now it's all over the place. Now it's like the hipster crowd. I'm like, take the shit out. Take the so shit out. So you're not wearing it anymore. I'll put it in every now and then. It puts off this. You get some baddies. I'll tell you that. Yeah. The bad chicks like it. But I don't like the bad chicks necessarily. So. Yeah. So. It attracts a certain crowd. I don't know. I, w I wonder if that's like a psychological thing for you though. Because um, it's like when you. Uh, buy a car. You see it everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. Like you're looking at buying a car or buy a car or like. Hey, I'm thinking about starting to ride a motorcycle, and then you start seeing how many fucking yeah. motorcycles are around. Well, and then there know? was that statistic saying you're 57% more likely to become obese by hanging around someone that's morbidly obese. Yeah. And that's uh, with anything. Like, I truly believe, like, if you want a house, if you want a house you can't afford, go see it. Go do a walkthrough of it. Like, just be in it. Like, I think there's something huge to be said about that. About the mind? Yeah. Oh, yeah about like prepping your mind for what you want because like you can say you want to be in the medical industry until you get into that like into a hospital and you're like oh like you experience right. it and it's, it's totally different than just thinking about it right and i think that's the same with anything like you want a car you want a house you want whatever it is just go fucking look at it like well on a certain level of that has to come down to uh my favorite term in the world fuck it you know like at some point, you just got to pull the trigger. Yeah. Like, you're you're never prepared for what life's going to do. Right. You know? Like, and a lot of a lot of success is just, fuck it. You right. You know? I'm going to try. Fuck it, I'm going to try. I think a lot of people degrade, like, impulsive people. And I view myself as, I wouldn't say completely impulsive i used to be a lot more impulsive but impulsiveness can be trained and honed into decisiveness and if you can be somebody who is quick to make decisions but is decisive and like knowing what the fuck you're doing mm -hmm. that can play in a that can play into uh impulsiveness <laughs> uh, this, yeah this dog's losing his shit for some reason i think a ghost is playing with him I genuinely think we, I might be haunted. I've had some weird shit happen the past couple weeks. Yeah. Had my speaker moved out. Like, 
I had a speaker moved out into the kitchen, which I never even touched. Like I genuinely was like, are you what? sure you just weren't blackout drunk? I wasn't drinking. That's the thing. And, uh, so I thought Chris was home. Like I thought he came back. I was like, knock on his door, like nothing. He's still not here. And then in the middle of the night, like one of the pans fell, like probably two in the morning, just boom. And then my dog will randomly stand at the hallway and just start growling. Weird shit like that. Yeah. Huh, <laughs> dude, you go find a ghost. Go find me a ghost, huh? You see demons, Uzi? Go get huh? the ghost. Do you see demons? Go get the ghost. All we've done is rile him up, and now he's bringing us toys. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I kind of believe in hauntings to a certain extent. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm, like, full-on uh, ghost adventures status, but... No, I just think... I, I believe in energy. Yeah. 100%. So, if I believe in energy, I guess I have to believe in that, too. Right. Uzi, don't look at me that way. Um, yeah, guys. Uh, how long have we been going now? An hour and 30. An hour and 30. I think uh, we'll call it good on this one. All right. We don't really have a way to sign off of this. We just kind of keep talking until we can't think of shit. So can't think of shit right now. And so we're going to wrap it up. Da, 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 that's it. Goodbye.